1: greenie with mike greenberg the podcast thanks for being a part of it and allowing it to be a part of you it is greenie on espn radio as well as the espn app serious action channel 80 tune in and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play espn radio presented by progressive insurance if you're looking for a career path with flexibility and great paying benefits go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today with my friend courtney Cronin, i'm freddie coming in for mike greenberg today in a couple of minutes, give or take a lie or two, we're going to talk about those beautiful losers known as the Minnesota Timberwolves, once again not succeeding in the playoffs, especially for the second straight year in the first round. But the injury to Kawhi Leonard may be a lot worse than we thought, Courtney Cronin, when it comes to what knocked them out of Game 3, Game 4, and Game 5, and they wind up losing that series when it was all said and done to the Phoenix Suns. Either way, I look at Kawhi Leonard And really, the Clippers and Paul George could be mixing that, Courtney, as the future unlived. Because a lot was thought that putting these two together, if they could stay healthy, what could they do? Each and every year, Courtney, we've seen that, unfortunately, the Clippers are going to clip. And it's happened in so many different ways, knocking out Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and keeping the Clippers from actually getting close to the promised land in the NBA playoffs.
0: We've seen this experiment play out now for four years. How much much longer are they going to go? trying to run this thing back where everything looks promising on paper. As long as guys can stay healthy, as long as we don't have load management, as long as we can see Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the floor together. We know that that's not a consistent thing that you can rely upon if you're the Los Angeles Clippers and right. knowing some of the things that we know now about Kawhi Leonard's knee injury, that maybe it was worse than the sprain that had been reported last week. I never thought he was going to be day to day. I know that there was reporting out mm-hmm. there from Woj that that's officially, you know, how the team had viewed it. Paul George has had a sprained knee and he's dealt with it since March 28th. We haven't seen him. He was ruled out for this entire series in the first round. And then the mysterious nature around how this injury came out for Kawhi Leonard, we never actually saw the true moment where he injured his knee. And that led to him being out for game three. And then, you know, subsequently the rest of the series, the final two games. I I, I wonder if the patience from the Los Angeles Clippers, from the fan base, you know, certainly internally, I wonder how thin that's wearing because the way that this has been handled. When it's been when they called it a sprain and then apparently there's some reporting out there that it might have been worse than that. Why not just be upfront about that in Amen. the first place? That Amen. to me paints Kawhi in a in, in kind of a negative light. We also know that he's been very conservative in the way that he's approached injuries, but also the way that he has disclosed injuries with the teams that he's been on, from San Antonio to Toronto and now the Clippers. I don't know what's next for him, and I have a hard time believing that it's in in Los Angeles with the Clippers after these last four years. And
1: by the way, according to The Athletic, Kawhi Leonard was diagnosed with a torn meniscus in his right knee. That's why he was unable to play the final three games of that series against the Phoenix Suns. And to go back and circle back to what you just said with the Clippers, and we don't know the information not being put out there if it came from Kawhi Leonard because if it did come from him to say don't say anything – keep it under, on the QT, that shows you how much stroke he has in that organization, that he can dictate injury reports when it comes to the Clippers. But if you are the Clippers and you know he had a torn meniscus, to go back to what you said, Courtney, you weren't doing him any favors because his, not so much his psyche, but his reputation was taking a beating among media people because players know. And I saw the look on Kevin Durant's face and Devin Booker's face when he didn't play in Game 3 and they saw he was not going to play in Game 4. They looked over there and said, man, he's not going to be here the rest of the series. Let's not fool around with these dudes and give them any kind of confidence when their two best players are not out there. Either way, this situation was not helped by the fact that they kept everything under wraps. And meanwhile, Kawhi Leonard's reputation took even more and more of a hit, whether it was national media or local media in the Los Angeles area covering the Clippers.
0: And Kawhi doesn't speak about this stuff. He's not somebody who's going to try to get in front of it and address it publicly. He's very much kind of kept himself insulated from what, you know, the outside perception is. But what the outside perception is, is that you still have, you know, a Clippers team that, you know, the the era doesn't feel like, you know, it's over. But it's probably nearing the end when you think about how all of these teams the last couple of years like mirroring eras how mm-hmm. they've ended you know 2013 2014 you know when, when when doc rivers was their new head you know their new head coach at that time and then they blow a 3-1 lead 14-15 against the rockets they get eliminated when their stars are out of the series you know paul and griffin against the trailblazers that following year um you know the Western Conference uh, semifinals against the Jazz the following year. Blake Griffin's hurt. You know, Blake Griffin then gets traded midseason. Chris Paul's traded in the offseason, the 42-40 and year, and then they miss the playoffs. What iteration of this Clippers team makes you comfortable to think that they can actually right the ship when they try? They went all in Mm -hmm. to pair Paul George with a running mate in Kawhi Leonard coming off a championship year for him in Toronto, thinking that version was coming to Los Angeles. I just think that, you you, you know, the definitions of insanity, of insanity is trying to do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. That's what's going on in Los Angeles right now, where you've got some good role players on that team. They made some trades at the deadline to try to shore up what was around the players who were load managing during the regular season. And now actual injury took place that prevented Paul George and Kawhi Leonard from being, you know, monumental parts of this postseason in the one round that we saw the Clippers in and of course you know Kawhi in game one and even Kawhi in game two that's the Kawhi that you want but that's not the Kawhi that you get all that often
1: great stuff by Courtney Cronin joining me Freddie Coleman in for Mike Greenberg on Greeny on ESPN radio as well as the ESPN app and series X and channel 80 and speaking of Kawhi Leonard, we'll talk about two teams that when you're desperate to try to matter you'll do anything and trade for anybody we'll do that in a couple of seconds but check out with Stephen A. Smith from first take had to say earlier today about what this should be the future when it comes to Kawhi Leonard in basketball,
2: Steve Ballmer and the Los Angeles Clippers should force Kawhi Leonard to retire. I'm done. He needs to go home. Okay. And so I'm not in any way questioning the legitimacy of Kawhi Leonard's injury. A matter of fact, I'm fully embracing it. I've heard very, very alarming stories about his health. You see people talking about he's walking around limping all the time. He is not a healthy individual. I'm not questioning his heart. I'm not questioning his courage. I'm not questioning any of that. The man's a two-time champion. He's a two-time MVP. But he is the absolute worst superstar you could possibly have
1: on your team. I'm not going to go that far to say he's the worst superstar on a basketball team because we've seen, by all accounts, Kawhi Leonard is not even a bad dude. They say he's a terrific dude in the locker room. He's not going to speak out for himself, but other people will go beyond and say, man, this guy brings it, and he brings it. He's just been very, very unlucky and unfortunate when it comes to injuries. But when you're a Clippers organization, when you're a Timberwolves organization, and it goes back to what you said, Courtney, about definition of insanity. When you want to matter so much, when it comes to the Timberwolves in the NBA, and when it comes to the Clippers in that city, it's going to be a Lakers town no matter what they do. You're going to sign off hoping and wishing that things were going to work out. Hoping and wishing is not a plan if you're trying to win a championship. And Kawhi Leonard, what he was able to do to maximize that after they won that championship in Toronto, man, they will say, mm-mm, that's chocolate cake. I want some of that chocolate cake. Give me the chocolate cake when it comes to Kawhi Leonard. But his injury history, and you're bringing Paul George with his injury history, and it tells what they did, signed off on playing 1950s basketball and 21st century <laughs> basketball by trading all those asses Rudy Gobert. This is what desperate organizations do when they want to matter. They're hoping and wishing things work out. When more than likely those hopes and wishes never ever seem to come true the way they wanted to.
0: I can't fault him for the nagging injuries, like the actual ones, not the load management, not being limited to fifty-two games in the regular season this year, fifty-seven or you know fifty-seven the year before. I know he didn't play last season or fifty game fifty-two games this year, fifty-two games the year before the ACL because he didn't play mm. at all last year, fifty-seven. Like we've seen him for about. Just under a under three fourths of every regular season, yeah. and that's I think that creates resentment among fans, and creates resentment probably among the team, saying we brought you here to take the next step off what you did with San Antonio, and then winning another championship with the Toronto Raptors, and you haven't lived up to what. The promise was about you in getting here. And that's not all on Kawhi Leonard. I'm sure he doesn't want to be injured. Let's think exactly. about this realistically. He had the ACL tear in his knee. You know, this is the same knee, the injured, you know, the meniscus now in the same knee that he had the ACL injury. Like that's unfortunate that you've got to wonder longevity wise, the rest of my life being able to walk wise, like can he walk away from the NBA right now and be comfortable in the position in which he leaves the game and the position in which he would potentially leave his career. I think the answer is no. Can you imagine carrying the weight of that with you for the rest of your life, knowing that you went out because of an injury, because of something freak that happened yep. potentially in game two? We still don't know the exact moment where he you know, tweaked what apparently the meniscus is. And I know ESPN has just confirmed that report that it is a, it was a torn meniscus that kept him out uh, through game five. But... I just think with an athlete in, in Kawhi's a different sort of dude. I mean, he's not the in your face, rah rah kind of guy who's going to let you know how he feels and wears his emotions on his sleeve. He keeps things pretty close to the vest. I can't imagine that sitting well with him right now, Freddie. Yeah. As he now takes the, you know, the center of the conversation is centered around him. And what he didn't do for this team, despite playing in the first two games of the postseason, without Paul George running next to him.
1: One of the things about that with the Clippers, before we get on out of here with this subject, is that, like we mentioned, first confirmed by reported by the Athletic and confirmed by ESPN, Kawhi Leonard was diagnosed with a torn meniscus in his right knee. That's why he did not play the final three games of the series that they wound up losing to the Phoenix Suns. If you're the Clippers and even the Timberwolves in different situations, you have to say what now? Because it can't just be about somebody's feelings or trying to do the right thing. you got to do what the best thing is for the organization. And a lot of times, those kind of hard decisions, you're going to need people in place that can make those kind of decisions. And I wonder, do both of those franchises, the Timberwolves on one side and the Clippers on the other side, do they have the people in those organizations that can make those kind of tough decisions and make those tough choices that they may wind up having to make a lot sooner than later? Courtney Cronin, Freddie coming in for Mike Greenberg here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. By the way, don't miss Big George Foreman. Exclusive movie theaters tomorrow. Get your tickets now. Rated PG-13. So the Clippers couldn't do it. The Nuggets couldn't do it. But the Hawks were able to do it. That is climb out of a 3-1 hole and keep the series going. We'll give you a big reason that three other teams are in the same situation as those three teams last night. Keep it here on Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN
3: app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: Greeny, the
3: podcast.
1: Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman together on Greeny. In from Mike Greenberg on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series so XM Channel 80. Tune in and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Don't forget the NBA playoffs tonight in ESPN Radio. Pivotal Game 5 between the Kings hosting the Warriors in Sacramento. Presented by ND. Carls begins at 9.30 Eastern Time on most ESPN Radio stations. And Series X and Channel 80. We'll talk about that game in five minutes in terms of who do we think is going to win that pivotal Game 5 involving the Warriors and the Kings. But well, you got three teams. You got the Bucks, You got the Cavaliers. You got the Grizzlies. All those teams down 3-1 in their series to the Heat, the Knicks, and Lakers respectively. Courtney, I'm going to start with the Bucks versus the Heat. What's the biggest reason why this team, the top seed in the East, is down three games to one to the fighting Jimmy Butler's or the Miami Heat?
0: Miami is not your average eight seed. That, to me, is like the biggest part of the series, more than just like Giannis in the back injury and that keeping him out for a game. I, I just think that this Heat team... For how poorly they shot the ball from three during the regular season to how they they always tend to like reinvent themselves at this stage yeah. of the postseason and make a run. I mean, Jimmy Butler was phenomenal the other night. And we haven't seen a performance like that until, oh wait, Devin Booker just followed that <laughs> up last <laughs> night. So you have the two best players in the postseason on those teams. You have Phoenix Suns with Devin Booker and certainly Miami with Jimmy Butler they let the the heat found a window to get back in this thing of course them winning the first game in Milwaukee and then the bucks evening out that series and going down to south beach now you've got a team that we're wondering hey can they do Milwaukee that is what the 2003 pistons did against the orlando magic and come back from this early 3-1 deficit i mean they're the number 1 overall seed in the postseason for a reason, yet the injury to Giannis and the fact that they're running into a very unconventional eight seed, maybe the play-in tournament is the biggest winner so far of this postseason, that I think was a recipe that they didn't want to have to deal with without Giannis at full health with his back throughout the entirety of this first round. They were supposed to cruise, and they they, they clearly aren't.
1: Yeah, my biggest reason why they're down 3-1, and your point is valid about in terms of this Heat basketball team, but they have not been able to match their toughness. And that's not to say the Milwaukee's not tough, but they have mm-hmm. not matched the toughness of the Miami Heat at all into the floor. It could have been very easy with Tyler Hero out of this lineup because that's been the second consistent score to Jimmy Butler, either off the bench or in starting lineups at times with the Miami Heat. But their toughness has been able to radiate through everybody else off of Jimmy Butler and from Eric Spolster. And so far in the three games they've lost, they have not been able to match that toughness. Even Giannis Antetokounmpo did not have a chance to play in a couple of those games. But well, the Cavaliers, what's the biggest reason why they're down 3-1 to my New York Knicks?
0: Look what happened in game four.
1: <laughs> of
0: course, there it is. I mean, that, that drop is on the ready at ESPN Radio these days. Yes. And, and hopefully for your Knicks, they're uh-huh. playing that when we're hosting Greeny tomorrow. Yes. Every hour on the hour. Mark but
2: doesn't even think they're winning tonight. And
1: he I know. I know. <laughs> Mr. the yeah. Doom and Gloom after three one.
2: No doom and gloom, but the Cavs and I think uh, Garland and and Mitchell are going to come out firing. Okay, I expect the Knicks to win at six.
1: Okay,
0: I, if All they right. can get not have like a minus ten rebound differential like sure. they did on Sunday in Game Four, then the Cavs stand a better chance. They also can't have Donovan Mitchell go five of eighteen.
1: Right. Yeah. That's yeah. that's
0: that's the reason that they found themselves in this spot because that Game Four was really pivotal when you know the the injection of energy in Madison Square Garden that has allowed the Knicks to just dominate in Game 3 and in Game 4. They played Tibbs-style basketball, quintessential Tibbs basketball in Game 3 when they hold the Cavs to 79 points. And then what they did on Sunday, dominating Donovan Mitchell and silencing him for the most part. Like, that's the reason that this series is 3-1 that the Knicks looking to close it out tonight.
1: To me, the biggest reason that the Cavs are down 3-1 as my daughter and her friends like to say they not ready and they proved it because they went in there thinking we're the fourth seed that Knicks team yeah they beat us in the regular season we're going to handle our business and then they found out what playoff basketball is all about because the Nick Donovan Mitchell knows what playoff basketball is all about but the rest of the guys don't Jalen Brunson knows what that is well what he did the Dallas Mavericks last year getting them to the Western Conference Finals and then you also have Julius Randle who has what happened two years ago now want to go through that again and sing to Tom Thibodeau They understand exactly that the playoffs were going to be different. And I thought the Cavaliers were not able to figure that out when it came to them. Yeah, Freddie, can you just do that again, what you just did? They're not ready. I know it's going to come back to haunt me. I know uh, that's okay if it comes back to where we, We've
0: already made the drop of it that's going to be in the system now. <laughs> oh, just like I that know. New York Knicks thing.
1: Yeah, well, that's all. That, that, both of those things will be together, much to my chagrin here on Greeny. With, on the ready. On the ready, honey. ESPN Radio, Courtney Cronin, Freddie coming in for Mike Greenberg today. Speaking of being down three games to one, man, you got the Memphis Grizzlies. Boy, they love to talk a good game, Courtney Cronin. And right now they down sure three, do. one to the Los Angeles Lakers. Who or what is the biggest reason why they're down three games to one?
0: I'll give it to Dylan Brooks. I mean, that's probably like the easy way out here. But the fact that he has been, it's not just the antics and getting, you know, getting him, his team in the negative spotlight because of what he said about LeBron James and then following it up with a very poor shooting performance, the game that he gets ejected for the groin swipe. If you're one of seven on jumpers and your shot selection is as bad as it was in the regular season, that stuff doesn't just wipe away and you get a new narrative now in the postseason. He to me is playing his way out of Memphis. Okay. That's I mean, his con his contract situation this summer is gonna be one we talk about, and if they end up getting closed out tonight, then there's gonna be a-, a pretty big cloud hanging over Dylan Brooks because of what he didn't bring to his team. You can bring all the trash talk and, you know, that intensity, but does that actually translate to you being one of the premier wing defenders in the NBA? It doesn't look like it this postseason.
1: My biggest reason why they're down three one incorporates him, but I call it M A T E. They've been mouth almighty, tongue everlasting ever since December. They have been running their mouths. And it started with their leader, John Morant, that he said he doesn't worry about anybody in the West. I'm paraphrasing. Even Desmond Bain, who at times has been their best player, he's been running his mouth. Jaron Jackson Jr. running his mouth. You would think this team is coming off a championship or coming off a a championship appearance. Nope. They lost last year in the second round to the Golden State Warriors. And yet all we heard from the M-A-T-E Tim, uh, Memphis Grizzlies, mouth almighty, tongue everlasting, is that we're ready to be champions. You haven't won anything. The only banner that you have in your arena is for a summer league championship. And you're crowing about that when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies. So how about actually win something? And then you go into a series and you're mimicking LeBron James. I like to poke the bears and he's old and all other foolishness. Well then... And I thought Richard Jefferson said it best last night, Courtney. He didn't call Ja Morant and Dylan Brooks cowards, but he said it was cowardice that they did not want to speak after losing game four. And he was exactly right about that. You can run your mouth and do that when you're winning, but then all of a sudden you lose. you got you're just like Wesley Snipes in New Jack City. Nobody got nothing to say? Nothing? While he was doing jump rope with the diamond encrusted leash off his dog. That's who they are right now. That the done man and G money around the table. That they got nothing to say when adversity happens. They get what they deserve. That's why they've been mouth almighty, tongue everlasting. That's the biggest reason why the Grizzlies are where they are, down three games to one in the series versus the Lakers.
0: When we talk about the drops that we're gonna have from this show, that oh the they ain't ready. They're not like ready. Think <laughs> about the. Dro- Think about the drops that we're going to have from Ja Morant in that interview with Malika Andrews when she asked him asked him about the Western Conference. Like, who are you? Who do you worry about? Paraphrasing yeah. there, and he said nobody. That is going to yeah. be played over and over and over again as much as you see the meme of Lois from Family Guy at the top of the stairs, like people saying that that's John Morant when he takes off from the top of the key, just throwing his body into this. It's the injuries, it's the off-the-court stuff with Jotu that clouded yeah, this team true. during the month of March. Let's not forget, this guy was like was away from the team for about three weeks, and we forget that like that actually happened. That contributed to everything, and Jaron Jackson Jr., winning Defensive Player of the Year, he hasn't looked like it in the postseason where did jaron jackson the 30 point jaron jackson go from game one Mm -hmm. none of that stuff has been able to replicate itself and i just feel like this is a young team that's too big for its britches right now and they're you know getting a taste of what it's like when you go up and you do these things against the lakers team that reconstructed its roster in the smartest way possible and they only had to give up one first round pick to do it at the trade deadline i was shocked by that but This is uh, the Lakers are dangerous and if it's Lakers Golden State mm. in the next round whoo mm. watch out for that one no,
1: no doubt about that if you know you're confident say nothing if you know more say less that's a public service message from Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman on Greeny and for Mike Greenberg and ESPN Radio. Don't forget you can watch Greeny on the ESPN app. Just click on watch. Look for hashtag Greeny and enjoy. Speaking of enjoying the NFL draft, an eight-time Pro Bowler wants to tell his team what they should do to make sure that draft is going to be good for them when that happens tomorrow.
3: They're not ready. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Greeny, the podcast. Courtney Cronin, Freddie, come in for Mike Greenberg on Greeny on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, tune in and tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. When this young man's career is done in the National Football League, he's taking somebody's job either on ESPN or the NFL never because he's a tremendous football player and can talk the game as well. He's an eight-time pro bowler, first-team All-Pro 2017. He plays defensive end for the Saints. A pleasure to bring in Cam Jordan, the greenie on ESPN Radio. Hit him on Twitter at CamJordan94. It's been an interesting off-season, Cam, for your New Orleans Saints team. How have you been able to spin it to make sure that you guys find a way to get back into the playoffs after missing it for two straight years?
2: Barely missing it for two straight years. Usually almost like one game out from missing it. Uh-huh. Two years ago, Atlanta, we had a chance. Could have swung either way with, you know, was it Green Bay losing to Detroit or some along the lines. This year we had a chance, and then we, we didn't, you know, um, at the very end of the season. Always, you know, the last two years, always right there. Um, And that's frustrating. But at the same time, we made some changes this year. You saw, you know, Jameis backing up Derek Carr right now. Uh, I think us going to go get Derek Carr was a proactive step in trying to get us playoff contention right. Um, If, you know, whatever that happens, Jameis has to step in. You have a guy who you know can lead a team to wins just like we did when he was healthy uh, previous to that. Derek Carr is coming in with the right mentality. I think that, you know, our locker room, you have the uh, surgence of the rookie uh, rookie phenom wide receiver for us. That should I feel like in my mind, that uh, should have been the uh, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I think, you know, we've got AK at running back. We've got Mike T coming back healthier. Um, that's an already potent offense. You know, we re-signed Jalen Johnson. Uh, Pfft. At this point, I'm excited for us to get back and, and put some pads on. Uh, from Spain, I will be enjoying this draft being happening. But uh, I do think that defensively speaking, uh, we've added some additions on, on the D-line as well because we lost three or four defensive pieces on, on the D-line alone. So I think you know we're actively trying to get into the playoffs because all we need to do is punch tickets to the playoffs to try and punch our ticket to the dance. And that's the end goal is trying to make it to the Super Bowl.
0: We'll get your thoughts in a minute on what you think the Saints should do when they draft in the in the 20s uh, tomorrow. But uh, two things. Have you given Derek Carr a list of restaurants sans (laughs) Chipotle so he can truly enjoy the New Orleans cuisine? And have you explained to him that these power outages that happen about, you know, once a week, especially in the summertime during the rainy months, that that's something he's going to have to get used to and getting a backup generator for that house?
2: I'll say, yeah, you don't have to get used to that. You can just get a backup generator. We are in the year twenty twenty three. You know, we we face elements. If you can face a cold game, you know, you can face a little power outage. Um, I think that uh, what you, what you can't prepare him for is those um, those days where you get invited to a, a, a party because the power, there is a power outage. You know, there's, there's always going to be times for for great for great drinks great friends um we're going to focus on football <laughs> and know that you know with him and his family he's going to overcome that situation quick easy and in a hurry if he didn't learn he's going to learn soon you get that backup generator you get it hooked up you will be just fine
1: one of the best defensive ends in pro football camp Jordan, the new Orleans Saints To him on Twitter camp Jordan 94 with Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin on Greeny on ESPN radio when you look at your team and now you have Derek Carr as your quarterback what are your initial impressions of him? Any conversations you have about him about to be your future teammate?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know what Derek Carr's body of work has been. He's He's been at times pro-bowler level quarterback and even better at times. Um, so him being given the contract he was given, propelled to be you know our starting quarterback for the year, I think we have a leader who wants to win Uh, in a quarterback position, and that's, you know, something that we haven't not ever had. We've we've always had quarterbacks that want to win. Even when you talk about Drew Brees wants to win each and every game. You talk about Jameis Winston wants to win each and every throw. Uh, Guys like Andy Dalton wants wants to win and have been able to win. Um, Then, you know, we now bring in Derek Carr. Um, and you see, you know, the excitement that we have because we know that this is a guy who's going to uh, be a, a great locker room presence as well as able to, um, you know, be a leader on our, on our offense. Because I think we have, you know, phenomenal leadership already in our team with guys like AK and, you know, Mike T and me, Demario Davis, uh, Tyre Matthews. I think there's guys, Marshawn Lattimore, there's guys at every position that is able to lead their, their respective spots to make us a better team.
0: And your team will be able to add to that beginning tomorrow, picking at 29 in the first round of the NFL draft. Seen a lot of mocks that have a defensive tackle going to New Orleans in the late 20s. What does that do if it is a defensive tackle? If it is someone like a Brian Bercy from from Clemson, what does that do to this pass rush to to take it, help it go to the next level in 2023?
2: Yeah, whether it be the Clemson guy, the Baylor guy, the Pittsburgh kid, you know, like I some- I'm starting. To, I'm starting to watch a little bit of film because I just want to be. I just want to be excited about the guys that we get. Huh. Do I think that we go D tackle? I always think that we go. You know, defense and we go defense <laughs> tackle uh, for like the last seven drafts. <laughs> um, you know, last year was the first time in six years we went D tackle. It's not like I was counting every year, but you know, we got a you know a fifth, sixth round D tackle, and I was like, fine. We at least we drafted one this year. I'm, I got higher hopes. You know, I'm putting on my GM cap. I've thrown out some drafts out there. Probably none of them will be correct, but that's all right. At least I feel like a GM, which you know, sort of has has put me in that analytical mindset anyway. Right?
1: Wow. Grace up by Cam Jordan the New Orleans Saints here with Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin on Greeny on ESPN Radio. You have your quarterback Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers, who you guys played the same school, if you did not play together on Go different there. teams. I'll throw this question at you: Which quarterback is the longest tenured with his team?
2: Ooh, now, <laughs> now
1: yes now. Mm-hmm. After
2: this, after this transitional landscape, this already happened.
1: I'm <laughs>
2: ready. Aaron Rodgers just left. That is going to be an easy one for me. I was going to be like oh, Aaron Rodgers, but now, ooh, it's getting it's getting shaky, huh? Um, <laughs> Pat Mahomes.
1: No, it's not him. You're close though.
2: Are we saying are we saying starting quarterbacks? Start, or are we talking about backups? No, as well? starting
1: quarterbacks. We wouldn't do that to you, Cam. Starting oh, okay. quarterback. I will say
2: that that's going to get real dicey. Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 I'll say, nobody over 10 years, huh?
1: Nobody over 10 years. Yeah, this guy's been on this team seven years. Nobody over 10.
2: Pat Mahone Josh Allen, it's no, all, all about the same. You're going to have me stumped. Yeah. They, they're all saying, relatively, that mid-tier, like the, the mid-career level, that five to eight years, uh-huh. it's
1: dicey. Uh-huh.
2: Um, if it's not, I'm, I'm a, going I'm to throw in a Josh Allen, even though I know that's not the answer.
1: Okay, well, it, it's, a, it's a guy you hit a couple of times. Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys.
2: Geez, has it been eight years for him? Nine.
1: Two thousand
2: sixteen. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's the longest tenure quarterback. Oh, good. Good good for me. Good for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what i I was I was just thinking about I was like, oh Matt Stafford's over there and you know. Yep know, yeah, older quarterbacks have, have have shifted the landscape a lot.
1: Wow, that's fantastic! You're joined, You're a big gamer. What are you involved in? That has a lot of people excited when it comes to talking about what you're joining us today and something you really can't wait to sink your teeth into.
2: Man, uh, I'll say, as we're as we're talking about the NFL, we're talking about uh, the GM cat uh, cap of of me doing my own mocks. I mean, I've, I've been mock heavy this year. I've never done mock drafts before. Really? And I've been as of late. I've, I found myself doing mock drafts. Which only helps because you know NFL Rivals and Mythical Games have launched NFL Rivals, the mobile game, uh, where you can you know download it on on iOS or you know your your other your other phones, and you can literally have a, a GM mindset while while building your own team up ground up, all offense, nine players versus nine players. It, it gives you that nostalgic feel that you can you know hit people how you want to hit them without flags being thrown. You wow. can score touchdowns and actually celebrate without flags being thrown. It's a lot of no flags being thrown. I'm not going to lie to you. I get excited just about the, the no flags being thrown. Wow. Um, and playing and play that, good, uh, that good football that you want to play. It's also a chance for you to put that GM hat on and, you know, assemble your player rosters, building them up, leveling them up, improving your lineups. It gives you that ability to go against other GMs, and I say other GMs because you're not just going against people. It's somebody who's built that team up from the mud. You get it from the mud, um, <laughs> and you literally have this idea that uh, you know you can you can build your team up, trade trade guys as, as need be. You have I, I, don't, I don't I always hate the term ownership, but you have this idea that. These are your players, and you can do with them as you, you know, as you cultivate them as such.
1: Well, wow. like I mentioned, he's a great follow on Twitter. Cam Jordan eighty four still has a lot to give and be a productive football player. Defensive end of the New Orleans Saints, Cam Jordan joining Freddie Cohen and Courtney Cronin on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Cam it was an absolute pleasure talking to you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of the offseason, and good luck in the NFL regular season as well. And you take care.
2: Hey, much appreciated. Much appreciate. Thank you for having me on so much. I appreciate, you know, being uh you said eighty four. I almost thought, I thought this, I, just, I just said eighty four, I was like, Huh well, i eighty <laughs> (laughs) Cam Jordan, better than than 84 ever will um but i appreciate you for having me on and 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 thank you for
1: your time absolutely Cam jordan 94 is a great follow on twitter here joining freddie and courtney cronin on greenie on espn radio two quick things number one nikki javala is reporting as a washington NFL reporter that the commanders are declining the fifth year option on defensive end chase young meaning he will be a free agent Mm -hmm. after this season now It would have been worth $17.4 million had they picked up that option, Courtney. But the commanders, according to Nikki Javala, who covers the Washington Commanders, she is saying that they're going to decline the fifth-year option. She's a Washington NFL reporter for The Washington Post.
0: Let the speculation about him being moved during the draft intensify because of Mm -hmm. what Ron Rivera said last week during his pre-draft availability. I understand They might be concerned about some of the injuries the last couple seasons for Chase Young and not wanting to give the financial commitment. But a player like that, that you drafted that high, and now you are effectively either telling him it's a prove-it year or you're going to move him, Mm -hmm. let's see where this thing goes during the draft because there are a couple teams out there that would probably be willing to give up some draft capital to try to get Chase Young in the fold.
1: Sure, Word of advice to the Washington Commanders, you tried the same in the campaign, that did not end well. I'm not saying, I'm just saying when it comes to Washington Commanders not picking up fifth-year options on defensive players who can help your football team. But the Jets won't have to worry about an option when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. He is going to be in New York. He's going to be introduced to the New York media today at 2 o'clock Eastern time. Fitz and Harry and ESPN Radio will carry live pro- coverage of that press conference. And I don't know what we're going to expect to hear from Aaron Rodgers, Courtney, but I guarantee you it's going to make every page in every newspaper in New York no matter what he says today at 2 o'clock.
0: Anything he says from here on out, he's dealing with a completely different market and different, you know, reporting style than what he saw in Green Bay. I'm real curious. Not just the on field product. Does this make right. them the best team in the AFC East? Can they go contend for Super Bowl this year? How does this change Aaron Rodgers' relationship with the media when he's going to have people pressing him in more ways than it happened the sure. last, you know, 2 plus decades in Green Bay? It's a completely different animal and, you know, some players have steered clear of going to the New York market for that very reason. Aaron Rodgers, though, trying to contend for a championship with a core that he's really excited about. Uh-huh. Let's see what happens, though, if they don't win games or if he does some weird stuff that you know the media market wants to make fun of him for. Let's see how he handles that.
1: Well, put it this way. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you will love every chance to put it in the face of the Green Bay Packers when you believe they should not have drafted Jordan Love in the first round anyway. He will love nothing better than the kind of outsized ego that he has. Not discri- not Not criticizing, but just saying, hey, that's what he is. That kind of ego can go a long, long way, Courtney, to make sure that he's going to be better and the Jets are going to be that quarterback away no longer trying to compete in a loaded AFC East and a loaded AFC when it's all said and done.
0: Can you imagine what's going to happen when the Packers draft a skill player tomorrow? (laughs) Didn't happen under him. Not a receiver or tight end. That's going to be interesting. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I didn't get a pony for Christmas. Please let me have that. Just see everybody's reaction (laughs) if that actually happens regarding that. Courtney Grayson, will do it again tomorrow here on Greeny and ESPN Radio, okay? Sounds great. Source: Gardner, George, Fitz and Harry and 30 minutes. You're here at the opening press conference of Aaron Rodgers. This has been Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio, or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also, catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast.